plan will show you that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to escape an Egyptian mummy? Put her in a home and stop visiting and tell the grandkids she's dead. <laughs> We're in the Phoenix in London, I'm Daniel Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, he's the Jimmy Cricket of the Kylo Ren generation, it's Michael Legg! <laughs> and with him, he's one half of the most charismatic TV double act since Whiteley and Vorderman, it's Richard Osman! <laughs> She won't relax until every single person on earth likes her. It's Margaret K. Fuck you! And with her, she's the homage Lily of the Amazon Prime generation. It's Shappy Calls Andy. It's round one. The importance of being right. Just like an American tramp enthusiast looking for pictures of bombs online, I've run into some unexpected problems on the internet. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what is the right thing to do according to Angelina Jolie and Brad Computer. Oh, look, can't what? afford any writers. Michael and Richard, this is for you. You are both beautiful princesses. <laughs> One of you is loads of fun, the other is all serious because her hand doubles as a freeze gun or something. After a little bit of flirting, Michael agrees to marry a prince, which upsets Richard, who runs away and causes an eternal winter in Lewisham. This is an allegory for Richard being frigid in the pants. However, all this is not your biggest problem because after a girly weekend, bonding in the hills of South London, just a backpack and a pop-up tent between you, you happen across a lone wolf. And what is the right way to avoid a wolf attack according to Wilderness Urban Survival Blog. <laughs> I'll rephrase that. You see a wolf, what do you do? <laughs> I worry that we shouldn't be joking about him. I think famously you're not supposed to pretend you've ever been chased by a wolf, are you? Why? Uh, <laughs> I'm almost certain there's a precedent. I wouldn't want to be, for example, in three days' time being chased by a wolf, shout wolf, and everyone goes, yeah, I just heard you do the right thing, mate. <laughs> I think you're playing a very dangerous game. Have you ever had a close encounter with a scary animal, Michael? Yeah. Um, I had a lovely birthday years ago in Canada, in this really lovely house in the woods, and I could hear um, howling. And I went, oh, wow, isn't that really nice? This is really ghostly and it's really amazing. Come out, everyone, it's brilliant. And I sort of went really way out into where all the trees are. That's where they came from, <laughs> in the woods. And uh, that's when these people from Canada, who know about the woods, were going, get the fuck back in the house. <laughs> Apparently, I was being surrounded by coyotes. <laughs> You're very deferential to animals, though, Michael. I have heard you actually say that you didn't want to go on a picnic because it would bother the wasps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you went towards howling. What did you think was going to happen? Well, I thought I was, one of them would bite me, then it would get shot, and then I'd live for the rest of my life as a werewolf. <laughs> and I found out they're coyotes. But Rubbish. Are they fun? Aren't, oh no, that's hyenas. They're, they're a lot. fun. <laughs> coyotes aren't the fun ones. No. 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 They're fun coyotes. Can they? Yeah. Yeah, of course they are. Evidence. Well, I have three pet coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> that's good evidence. Painting tunnels on walls. Loads of fun. <laughs> Shappy, uh, do you think wolves are sexy? <laughs> Finally, someone's asked. Well, my favourite film is American Wolf in London, and it's quite hot when he changes and he's kind. 
He killed I several would. people. Yeah. Yeah, yes, but he but... regresses it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and he died. He wouldn't eat the woman he loved. Her. I met her on a train. What was her name? Jenny Agatha. Jenny Agatha, right? I was coming from Exeter. By the way, this isn't my best anecdote. <laughs> I have others. Um, and there was genuine leaves on the line, so we all had to exit the train at Exeter, and everyone was there, there was like mutiny going on, what are we going to do? And then a group of about 15 of us went, let's hire a minibus and go to the next station. And Jenny Agatha comes along and says, can I join your group? And I she was driving a minibus. <laughs> what is it with Jenny Agatha and stopping fucking trains? <laughs> ticket I had a standard class ticket but she sat in standard with me because she felt she ought to because I, I think I just looked really needy and we shared a bottle of wine when I say we shared it she's teetotal um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anyone run so fast <laughs> once they arrived at Euston the way she said goodbye to me we're tight <laughs> Michael and Richard, back to the question. They're just dogs, aren't they? They're fine. Wolves. It wouldn't worry me at all. I've, I've never been eaten by one. Don't you I think I'd just be a wolf whisperer. <laughs> what do you say? What, sexy? To a wolf? Yeah. Yeah, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like dirty talk. Uh, do you know why I wouldn't? Because I don't really know what wolves would like. I, I don't know what dirty talk is. People go on about it. I don't know. What dirty talk? It all sounds sarcastic, anything I say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd really like that. So hard. Oh yeah, do that harder. Uh, there's a fact here that Ben's put in. It's illegal to impersonate a wolf in Yellowstone Park, so you couldn't talk dirty to it. Well, no, but I would be doing interspecies dirty talk. Yeah. Which actually is the dirtiest talk. It's gross. Um, have you got an actual answer, Margaret or Shappy? What would you do with a wolf? Climb a tree. <laughs> Climb a tree. Dig a pit. If I, say I, I have a terrible, like my worst fear is being eaten by a lion. And that's kind of why I'm scared of dogs as well. Anything with teeth really properly terrifies me. Anything um, with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Except Jenny Agatha. I love her. <laughs> so you don't like combs or cysts? No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at those, you know those, those weird times in the middle of the night when you just look at weird shit on the internet and you look at like someone that was born with their own twin inside their belly. Normally all you see of that twin is like teeth and a blob of hair. I don't like those either. Um, anyway, anyway, have another drink, Jenny. Uh... We're only at Taunton. <laughs> I think I'd pretend it was a bear and play dead. Aren't, aren't wolves scavengers as well as hunters? Mm. <laughs> You're just a ready-made meal for them. Or just sit there with an apple in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, Shabby, I can't really imagine that you could stop talking while you were playing dead. <laughs> you know, why is that corpse taking occasional sips of wine? <laughs> Um, Richard and Michael, would you try and stare the wolf down? Uh, no, because they don't like that shit. I've done that with my dog. Dogs love it if you stare at them. Your dog's weird. <laughs> if you stare at a dog, it'll fuck you up. 
Uh, I would think don't look it in the eyes. Yep. Just be insouciant. Don't they eat I you suspect. if you look away? Hmm? Isn't that the danger? Don't they eat you if you look away? That's the, I think you're thinking of the weeping statues. <laughs> <laughs> What I would do, I would look at them, but wearing sunglasses. <laughs> so I'm looking at him, but he doesn't know I am. Oh. <laughs> ben, what are the answers? So many answers given, and I'm two and a half them. points is what I'm giving out. Um, according to the Wilderness Urban Survival blog, do not make eye contact. Oh, no. That's taken as an act of aggression and might trigger an attack, so point for Michael and Richard for that. Don't run, as that will only stimulate the wolf to attack, and you can't outrun them. Um, now, the Wilderness Urban Survival blog seem very keen that you actually fight the wolf. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> However, just in case there are any listeners listening now who are in front of a wolf wondering what to do, <laughs> I did look elsewhere. Other websites suggest you should back away slowly, keeping the wolf in front of you. So, half a mark for Michael and Richard for... I can't even pronounce the word, being... Insistent. Lovely. And a point to Margaret, uh, for, uh, wolves can't climb trees, so if you can get up on, you'll be safe. Good answers. Um, so, Margaret They weren't that good, I considered yeah. we gave about 20. They were all brilliant. <laughs> Margaret and Shappy, you realise there's a lot of money to be made writing songs that sound a bit like U2 songs, but aren't U2 songs. You know, snub me, marry me, avoid me. <laughs> Where the streets have no name, like on Apple Maps. <laughs> you and you're so cool and rich that the BBC News people invite you to their Christmas party. It's great fun. Well, your favourites are there. Hugh Edwards, Fiona Bruce, Podsy. When Kirsty Walk comes over to say hello, there's a little twinkle in her eye. You know she's not going to be happy with a handshake. So what is the right way to kiss socially according to debrettes.com? What, at a newsreader's party? At any, any party. party. See, you're a very nice person. Do you uh, like When you say that, yeah, I know you're saying that because I've, I've been friends with you a long time and I've been forcing you to hug against your will. I don't for like most of that time. No, I can feel the working class coming out of you every time. Like I touch <laughs> British people are awful for this because there just isn't a... St I mean, I tried to go for a handshake... Um, but especially in the media, that's not enough. And also, a producer shook my hand once, and I went to shake his hand, and it was wet. And I don't mean just slightly wet, like soaking. And I'm pretty sure that's how I got pregnant. <laughs> well, you know, my best friend since I was five years old is a woman called Penny, and she's like you, Danielle. She doesn't do touch, she's like C3PO. Like, if I try and hug her, she just holds herself stiff as a ball. It's really cool. And once the weird hug thing has finished, she's like, if you'll not be needing me, I'll shut down for a while. <laughs> and, and she finds me awful, like, in every way. It's just the fact that we have And that's your a... best friend. Yeah. This is like, very much like your top anecdote. <laughs> I said to her, right, I said, if we met today, do you reckon we would have made whatever connection we made at five? and been as close as we are. And she said, I don't know, I can't imagine where I'd meet you. <laughs> I find it very, in fact, it freaked me out when I first moved to London and it was, why are we hugging? And even weirder, when you just saw someone like two days previously and we're shaking hands. I just saw you, why are we shaking hands? Two days? Oh my goodness, two that's odd. Do you think that's weird? No, I think you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> I hug people if I come back from the toilet. You know. <laughs> I know. Why don't you just wash your hands? <laughs> this is why I don't like social kissing. I don't like the kiss. I once met Brittany Murphy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we went, named it for the social kiss on the cheek and we accidentally kissed on the lips. <laughs> and she's dead now. <laughs> 
Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> and me and Stalin. Those three. Richard, you're very tall. Yeah. What is the lowest... I'll give you that. I'll give you that. What's that's, that's, a, that's a point. point to Daniel. <laughs> What's the lowest height you'll bother with before you just go for a head rub? <laughs> You certainly, you've got as a, as a taller person in any social case, you have to take the lead. We, we, we do a thing in my company, and every year we have a, a big worldwide event where everybody from every country comes along. We all meet, and that is a everyone fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everyone from every country. Because <laughs> I, I, I am being invited. <laughs> everyone from every country apart from Northern Ireland, just because of, of the trouble. So you essentially have to meet somebody from every country in the world and greet them every single country and they all have different ways of kissing so you know most people do two which is kind of fine the belgians do three the italians uh, have sex with you that's how they get you. <laughs> once you're used to it it's fine but every single person you meet is incredibly stressful because you know by and large you can do one on one cheek one on the other cheek done absolutely done but the foreigners they won't have it. No, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I'm from Iran originally. Um, and Iranians are kissing. We kiss on greeting. You don't have to know someone ever. How so many? Well. How many? Two. Okay. Like this, everybody. That's and then more than two. When you, no, there was lots of people at a party. And then I had this. You know, like when you are foreignish. Um, sometimes, sometimes people fancy you because they think you're really exotic, right? And um, I had a boyfriend that thought I was really exotic, and he read the Lonely Planet Guide to Iran, and he, oh. and he thought, so you? well, to come round and talk to my parents because he thought, you know, my parents, having lived in England for forty years, they wouldn't be au fait with the culture, you know. But he'd read that Iranians kiss, and even the men kiss one another. So whenever he came over, my dad took to hide him behind the curtain. <laughs> because my dad is a bit like you, Daniel. He doesn't like to be touched, you know. Don't make it sound weird. Most people don't like to be touched. No, most people, do like to be, most people do like to be touched. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Matt Swade's brother just hugged me. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I'm going to give Michael and Richard one and a half, and Margaret and uh, Shafi I'm going to give one. Because according to Debrettes.com, kissing is taking over from handshaking. However, it's not appropriate in most professional situations. The double kiss, which is usually the man kissing the woman's right cheek first, is the norm among younger people. So I give Richard a point and a half for that, because he's a double kiss. And also, talking about the taller person having to sort of take the initiative, statistically, men are taller than women. So I sort of gave half a mark for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what kind of ism is that? I can't believe you've only got half a mark for it. Uh, very slight contact is best and no sound effects are needed. Uh, <laughs> Margaret, I gave a mark for talking about wanting to handshake. Because if you really... A dry one. A dry handshake, yeah. If you really object to being kissed by people, you may extend a straight arm and off to shake hands, which should give a clear message. That you're a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of that round, what are the points, producer Ben? Well, Michael and Richard have three, and Margaret and Chappie have two. <laughs> Just like Michael Legg's foot lump, this round is agony. <laughs> <laughs> round I'll be getting the panel to answer some real-life problems from our audience but before that let's give their brains some advice exercise. Margaret can you read this please? Yes. <clears throat> it's very long. 
Dear Agony Aunt, my husband and I are child-free, but when my friend Sue decided to take a 16-day cruise with her husband, we agreed to let their two teens stay with us. Sue assured us they would cover any costs. So we took the kids to school and to swimming lessons and snowmobile classes. <laughs> I cooked all of their meals. We ran the dishwasher daily instead of twice a week. We also did three times as much laundry, etc., etc. Meanwhile, the kids were lazy and useless and did not help with any chores. And the older one, who'd just gotten off probation for making threats against school officials, stole a car okay, uh, and arranged for his own parents' house to be burglarised. <laughs> this has taken a turn. Um, we spent countless hours in the police station dealing with this while his parents were unreachable at sea. When Sue returned, we asked for $500 in compensation, citing actual expenses, including the additional utility bill costs. But she accused us of fraud. She's, she's also implied that we should have been happy to live out the fantasy of being parents. <laughs> I'm appalled, hurt and angry. Is there any way of resolving this and preserving our friendship? No. <laughs> Richard and Michael, what would your advice be for this poor woman. I think it's a little bit too late for the advice I would have given. <laughs> She's never going to get those friends back, so, you know, take them to court. Yay! <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I just think this is ridiculous. It's kind of... I mean, $500 is just a weird... I mean, what's that going to do? The snowmobile classes. <laughs> I mean, that seems very much like their choice to send them to snowmobile. I mean, what even is that? What Especially in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Sandmobile, at least. I don't have children, and sometimes I run my dishwasher twice a day. <laughs> Just for the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a dishwasher. That is lonely. <laughs> so, did no one think this woman should have asked no, for she, some money? she shouldn't. She should. The kids sound awful, though. Yeah, they do, but like Margaret says, what's the money going to do? There are bigger issues here than money. Yeah. I think that $500 is a tax on their stupidity, essentially, yeah. For, yeah. For, for, for taking it on yeah, the first place. Totally. It's just ridiculous. I would give you a round of applause if I was this audience. Thank you. <laughs> uh, They're not. Cat. They're spiteful. That's fine. <laughs> a cat or a dog or a goldfish, fine. Look, don't look after people's teenagers. No. I have to ridiculous. say, though, when I had children and a dog, I found it much easier to find babysitters for the kids and the dog. Yeah, it's very difficult. Dogs are much more difficult to look after. Really? Because, yeah, because they don't grow up. There's at no point they you can plonk them in front of CBBS and go, Mummy's going to go and have a two-hour shower now. <laughs> but they do leave home a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're childless. <laughs> no, child-free, child-free child child yeah. is the term I'm, I'm, now. Child disinterested. <laughs> How much would you expect to get paid for looking after Margaret's kids? The first time I met Margaret Child, very rude indeed. So quite a bit. Um, Do you know what? Youngest. You would have to pay to look after my kids. I would not. All right, I'll pay. How much? <laughs> I really want to look after your fucking kids, and I will smash their cunting little faces. <laughs> Podcast. 
what is the actual answer to this question? You're all very down on their relationship. Um, the agony answer, this advice comes from the friend or foe column at slate.com. Their response was, only a brave soul volunteers to house two out-of-control teenagers for more than two weeks. So I gave uh, Richard and Shappy a point for that. But your friend's failure to have raised upstanding citizens does not in any way excuse your pettiness. Yes. So I gave Margaret a point for that. If you don't mind me saying so, you and Sue, each with her own distinct brand of parsimoniousness, deserve each other. <laughs> this is why you should make up. Be the bigger person and apologise first. Good luck! <laughs> So, you've seen how a real agony aunt does it. Let's try you out with some audience problems. Um, is Anna in the audience? Anna, who is learning to drive. Anna's problem is, I need to learn how to drive, but I am terrified of killing people through my driving. How do I overcome this? Do you, you live in London, Anna? No, I live in Northampton. Uh, no. It'll be fine, they can take the loss. <laughs> <laughs> do you drive, Shappy? Well, <laughs> I recently took my theory test for the third time and passed it. I was also, I'm not sure enough, but I got diagnosed with adult attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Who, who, who by Shappy? Everybody. <laughs> forward to you being on the road. But I, I can't imagine ever there being a scenario where I'd put my two children in the car and get into it and drive somewhere. My parents live off the Hangar Lane gyro tree. We'll never visit there. Which It'll my be... husband thought was a disco for a <laughs> So in the, I passed by one point. For the first few hazard detection things, I got five out of five. And then I got four out of five and then less, and for the last four, I got zero out of five for the hazard detection, and it was exactly like exams in school, where I'm like, I'm fucking bored now. This is shit, I'm not gonna answer any of them. But I passed by one point, and I don't think anyone that loses concentration in the exam should ever no. be in charge of a vehicle. She was very good up to junction two, but then it... <laughs> I promised a friend that I would never learn to drive because I admitted that when I was listening to music, I'd often end up crossing the road, you know, at the chorus, <laughs> rather than when the cars were stopped. <laughs> hey, and here's the middle eight, go! Uh, Promise me you will never, ever drive, so I have I stuck to that. Well, you're probably more sensible, right? My dad says because I'm so anxious about driving that I should be a safer driver, but I have passed out behind the wheel before, so... <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't say this, but I don't think you should drive. Yeah, it's not worth it. Well, the only reason that I'm thinking I should have to drive now, I've got a proper graduate job and everything, and it's an hour and a half on the bus in the morning, and it's only about 20 minutes by car. So, that is... I think you might be getting the wrong bus. <laughs> Don't drive. Do you drive, Richard? I don't know. That's not as Shappy is the closest we have to a driver. Shappy. That's why we've never pulled off a bank heist. Yeah. <laughs> I was learning how to drive, and yeah. then my driving instructor died. <laughs> we went in for a cheek kiss. <laughs> accidentally touched lips. Guy's dead. <laughs> you know oh, that passing my theory test, I thought because some oh of the Oh god, she's the king of yeah. the panel now. <laughs> oh, I like Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> some of the questions are so obvious though, aren't they? But the other day, walking home, 
I saw a motorcyclist being hit by a car. Everyone was fine. This isn't a tragic story. Everyone was fine. And I was first on the scene. And because I'd just passed my theory test, I knew the way to deal with it was not to give the injured motorcyclist a warm drink. It was not D, warm drink. It was A, ask if they can breathe. <laughs> you might have died Good job, now. you were there, yeah. yeah. Has that been helpful, Anna? Warm drinks kill you. It's pretty much what I've been doing already, so yeah, okay. Not giving motorcyclists warm drinks. <laughs> yeah. Move to London, that's yeah. my tip. Or get a bike. Drive here. Um, is Andrew in the audience? Andrew, whose mum has a new husband. Um, Andrew says, my mum has a new husband. He is painfully stupid. <laughs> he looks like a Goomba from the Mario film. He keeps stating factoids to impress me. They are always wrong. I just smile and nod. Should I tell him he's a fucking idiot? <laughs> Keep smiling. What sort of factoids does he tell you? Does he say here's a factoid, <laughs> or is is, he is factoid your word? No, it's my word. He wouldn't uh, understand you that. You prick. Word. <laughs> does he ever say here's a factoid about checking your mum? <laughs> which, which, if you're honest, is what the question is about. <laughs> no, what? Yeah, what? What sort of facts? Stupid. What's he doing, Andrew? So he insists that the best angle to watch on a widescreen TV is from the most acute possible angle. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually rearranged the furniture. Oh my god, I'm having that. <laughs> I'm totally having that. That's amazing. <laughs> How long were they together before they got married? Two years. Did you express any dislike for him? I just see him once a year. Once a year? Um... Christmas. Yeah. Oh. It's a cunt. Yeah, suck it up. <laughs> Is that see your mum as well? She comes here once a year. Okay, oh, well, so you see your mother twice a year? Twice a year. I suspect she's quite lonely, so I suspect if she's found a man, if she's found a man, I think fair play to her. Uh, buy her a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the first serious partner your mum's had since her and your dad broke up? Uh, there's been a few. There's been a few. <laughs> Why is this not a podcast? <laughs> I just imagine my son in ten years' time sitting in a comedy club going, I've got a problem. <laughs> my mum's a fucking moron. <laughs> Shappy's crying again. Do you know what, Andrew? I just asked to see his penis and that might sort everything out. <laughs> so, Andrew, who would you give points to on the panel for helping you with your problem? I suppose Richard was the most correct. <laughs> and Shappy was very thoughtful as well. Oh. Oh. So that's everyone. One more problem from Luke Smith. Is Luke here? <laughs> Luke's problem is people think I'm cute but not boyfriend material. Oh. Oh. Wow, you're the first person that that's ever happened. <laughs> Oh, who wrote it? They wrote it on my behalf. <laughs> Is it true? It's true. So what happens then? Do you take him out for a night out? And... We went out last night and I kissed a girl. And then... Uh... <laughs> We're all really invested. <laughs> and then Dan, who sat to my left, uh, asked her 
what she thought of you. Why did he ask? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you don't say, what do you think of me after you've kissed someone, do you? Or do you? What do you think of me, eh? Sorry, so Dan asked what she thought of you. And then she said, he's cute but not boyfriend material. And did you like him? Yeah. Was it Andrew's <laughs> mum? <laughs> to a girl, it's your round now. No, I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, okay. No one has ever said that to me. It's never got to a second round. (laughs) I've never spoken to a boy, to be honest. I had this boyfriend that was kind of great in every way, but he was really tight in that he earned shitloads more than me, but I always paid for everything. And then finally we broke up, and then we went to the pub for a chat about it all, and he said, um, actually, look, I've, I've realised that I, I've been silly and, and you're the girl I want to marry. And I went, whoa, this is not a five-minute conversation. Go to the bar, get a drink, and we'll talk about this. Through his tears, he said, but it's your round. Nick, <laughs> 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 have, um, have you had girlfriends in the past? Yeah. I do. I've got a mate called Rowena. Cool. You like her? <laughs> Rowena has just turned 21. She's an actor. Oh, I oh her. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously. Oh, my God. There's one rule I could pass to my children. <laughs> don't date actors. <laughs> I think any, by and large, any woman that says someone's not boyfriend material is not girlfriend material. So I, yeah, I right. no, you're right. I think she's a dick. Second. You know those women, those women who say, you know what, if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me your best. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you are? Uh, 23. 23. Okay, you just need to wait 10 years and every woman desperate for a baby will be all over you. <laughs> so who's been the most helpful? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suppose Shuppie's sorted me a date, so... <laughs> what an actress! You moron! You're wrong! Round of applause for everybody in the audience who gave us their problems. Yes, yeah, thank Richard have four, Margaret and Shappy have six. At this point in the show, I usually call the panel idiots and invite an expert to show up their ignorance, but it's tricky with Richard Osborne on the panel. Can I just say Ben wrote this? He's really (laughs) desperate to get on pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless, it's time to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. You. So let's welcome today's trained professional, it's expert butler, Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm's a real-life butler. Um, why did you decide to go into butlering? There's something I always wanted to do. Why? I, I don't know. No, 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 I don't... <laughs> Honestly, why would you always have wanted to be a butler? Mm-hmm. Did you have a very underwhelming view of yourself while reading Batman. (laughs) Not even Robin, for fuck's sake. Always Alfred. You're so brilliantly diplomatic. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're a wonderful butler. The way you half closed an eye when you wanted to call someone a (laughs) wank. Who do you butler for, Malcolm? I'm not at the moment. Oh, you're like a freelance butler? Uh, Yes, yeah. Are you on Gumtree? (laughs) <laughs> if you run out of work butler, do they call you, I can't believe it's not butler? <laughs> Has anybody 
anybody got any further questions they would like to ask Malcolm? What's your favourite tray? <laughs> uh, I, I do like a silver tray. Um, about three foot by foot and a half. There you go, you see? Yeah. <laughs> so here is our first scenario of Malcolm. Malcolm is working as a butler for the Duchess of Skegness. Um, the Duchess is due home any minute from her afternoon being sick into bins at Skegness Fair, because they do all smell of sick. But before she returns, two police officers arrive looking pissed off. It's the younger one's first day on the job, and he lets slip that Skeggy is wanted for murder. Malcolm explains that she isn't in, so the coppers decide that they're going to have a sit-down and a posh waz. Um, and ask him some questions instead. What would Malcolm do in this situation? Shabby. Oh, this is like when I was on Question Time and they came to me first with a question about Northern Ireland. Oh, it's Michael. No, it's Michael then. <laughs> Michael, if you were a butler... Right. In Northern uh, Ireland. In Northern Ireland. <laughs> and someone is asking you where your lady is. In Northern Ireland. In Northern Ireland. <laughs> because she's wanted for murder. Well, in Northern Ireland, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say nothing. Do you know what hamster grass is? <laughs> but also, I don't think the police say, hello, your lady's wanted for murder. Is she in? You know, you don't All right, we've know got what. a different way here. Your lady's wanted for murder. <laughs> and he's let slip that the lady is wanted for murder. But if he wants to question Malcolm on the record, he has to say that it's for murder anyway. Yeah. So he would do. And Malcolm, we know for a fact, would say nothing. It's not his place, is it? He's not a spokesman. He's a butler. That's his job. He says, if you want to wait, by all means wait, but it may be a long time, he'll go into the back room, he'll text the Duchess of Skegness. <laughs> he'll say, text Plus. the Duchess of Skegness? She doesn't have a phone. She's got a phone. She's got a phone. She nicked it. <laughs> He will text or message Duchess of Skegness to say, so you know, there are police officers in the drawing room. If you wish to come home, do so, but I suggest you get legal representation when you do. Is that close, Malcolm? It's exactly as Richard said, pretty much. <laughs> what if you know for sure she did murder someone? How would I know for sure? You saw it. <laughs> <laughs> she texted you a phone during <laughs> She texted me. With a load of emojis. <laughs> Dancing lady! Ghost! <laughs> yeah, a person, then a knife, then a ghost. Let's try the second scenario for Malcolm. Um, Malcolm is working for billionaire businessman Wayne Bruce. One day, Mr. Bruce tells Malcolm he's decided to become a vigilante crime fighter, styling himself on fearsome creature of the night, the Badger. <laughs> Alongside all Malcolm's usual butlering duties, Mr. Bruce expects him to work 24 hours, seven days a week, to help build a high-tech operations centre, or the Badger set, as it is known, for his new alter ego, Badger Man. What would Malcolm do in this situation? Why is he working 24 hours a day when badgers are nocturnal? <laughs> Malcolm, do you have to do weird things for your people that you butler for? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> what's the weirdest thing you've done just Yeah, what's the weirdest thing you've done? <laughs> it's all weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that is true. Did they ever go... Malcolm, I'm really tired tonight, but I really want to be wanked off. But <laughs> my arms are so sore from weightlifting. Can you do it for me? Uh, not had that personally. I, I've heard something similar for a colleague of mine. What happened? Well, apparently he caved in. So, uh, <laughs> he caved in. 
Yeah. Wow, that is, is that, uh, that must have been quite a sight. Uh, <laughs> one of your butler friends wanked off their employer. Yeah, a bit further than that, but... <gasps> <gasps> Somehow full sex isn't as dirty. No, I agree, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. Because there's some of those things worse yeah. than a proper, yeah. a proper sex. Yeah, they fancied each other. So, Malcolm, <laughs> if you were asked to build a hive of technology for a vigilante employer, would you be up for that? Um, yeah, you, you are asked to work all hours. Yeah. You seem very resigned about your job. <laughs> There's a real sense of, oh. <laughs> have you ever butlered for a member of the royal family? Uh, I have, yeah. <gasps> what? what? Which one? No. I, I'm not telling you. Okay, was it? <laughs> An older one, a trivial one, or the, ooh, I've fallen down the stairs again one. <laughs> you know, the accident-prone one. <laughs> have, they ever, have they ever been exposed as a Nazi in the honour hall and we need to narrow it down? <laughs> Then. Michael and Richard now have five, Margaret and Chappie have six. Oh. Like Jeb Bush versus Baby Hitler, it's time to do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets a jar of my boyfriend's homemade nut butter. <laughs> The round ends when producer Ben can't take any more. So the first, first one is, the British Library want to archive all your sex dreams. What is the wrong thing to do? Tell them you can only have the incest ones. <laughs> What's the too? wrong thing? I've had one, it was the worst. Sorry. Was it your dad? <laughs> yeah, which one of your parents do you love the most? Could have been a sibling, I'm just asking. Hot hey, cousin. listen, listen. The guy fought in the That's war. That's not incest. <laughs> <laughs> hey! He's been in enough horrible trenches. <laughs> Can I just say, my dad is not that old. <laughs> you find a spare bell end growing out of your back. What is the wrong thing to do? I would say dress it up in a suit and make it run for president. <laughs> All of the James Bonds really fancy you. What is the wrong thing to do? Fuck them. <laughs> Only fuck George Lazenby. <laughs> a child asks you the secret of happiness. What's the wrong thing to do? Show them your spare belly. <laughs> you can break any toilet just by looking at it. What's the wrong thing to do? Do one of those comic relief films and do the They've done such incredible work here. <laughs> Plain said, once, you throw quite a party. What the final scores, Ben? <laughs> the uh, final scores are very exciting. Margaret and Chappie oh, have no. seven, but Michael and Richard have nine! Oh, yeah. 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 Michael and Richard, thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye! Oh. Do the right thing featured Chappie Sandy, Richard Osman, Margaret Cable, Smith, Michael Lake, expert guest Mal
Malcolm the Butler and me, Danielle Ward. I devised it with producer Ben Walker, and we put the script together with extra material from David Reed. Martin White did the music. Thanks to the Phoenix for having us, and to Natasha Caffrey, Katie Story, and Imogen Seba for helping out. Do the Right Thing is a fuzz production for the internet. <laughs> Hello, my name is Danielle Ward from the podcast Do The Right Thing, which you may or may not have heard of. I am taking a show to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. It is called Seventeen and it is on at the Just The Tonic Caves at 2.40 every day except for the 15th, but that's just admin. What's it about? It's about topics such as sending hate mail to Gary Barlow, pubic hair, the ghost of Graham Chapman. Thanks. Bye. Would you, would you like us to advertise this Yes, you do now, you do one. <laughs> Hi, we're Danielle Ward, and we have a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. This is the worst episode of Whose Line Is Anyway? And you can come and see my show, 17, at 2.40 at Just The Tonic Cave. Not the 15th. Not the 15th, you can come on the 15th, but you'll be up Fuck Creek. Tickets are £6. Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs>